I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life, and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. Ready for episode 81? 81, 81. 81, We've been talking way too much, haven't we? Because we have 81 episodes? We've been talking way too much. We need to get some (laughs) interviews going. People are getting tired of hearing us. I'm getting tired of hearing us. I actually don't think so. Our numbers are up again. Oh, I haven't been able to log in in the app and look at it yet. I haven't tried. I sent you the password. Yeah, I know. I just didn't try after that. Jeez. I'm not happy with our new app. Instead of showing it in in like a bar graph. They show it in one of those little line graphy deals. Oh, what if you can switch it over to bar graph then? If you can switch how you no, I looked. It? I've looked through it. It doesn't let you change it. I feel like they've gone backwards with their. Uh, with well, their the other app was fine. It was pretty straightforward and simple. Yeah, I, I liked the old one. Sorry, guys. You guys are just listening to us gibbering on about SoundCloud and their apps. SoundCloud. Welcome to Ordinary to Extraordinary, Ben. Who are we? What do we do? We're a podcast. <laughs> we talk. You're so descriptive. <laughs> We're a podcast about or- being ordinary and then being extraordinary. We are. And this um, year's topic is leadership and mental health, which little did we know when we chose that topic, everything was going to be challenged in a COVID FU environment. Everything went titties up. Titties up. Yep. Belly up for you people that are easily offended. You can just forget we said titties on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, uh, who doesn't like them, though? I mean, really, you can't really be offended. Agreed. What are we talking about today, Ben? Well, I sent Stephen uh, a topic, and he said, I don't really like your topic. And then he sent me three topics, one of which was my exact topic, and no, that's the one that we decided on. It wasn't your exact topic. The way you worded it, you wrote like a five-year-old, and I didn't understand it. Oh, yeah. That's because you don't speak English. I speak English perfectly. I speak English perfectly. In fact, my vocabulary and grammatical... Uh, grasp of English is very that was <laughs> I was hoping you were gonna screw that up so bad. I was hoping <laughs> And I gotta go on record. I slept shitty last night. Uh, ben said he did as well. Yeah. But so, I have a two year old or and a newborn. <laughs> yeah, I am You're not, a single dude. I'm not my sh- usual sharp self today. I'm uh, I'm struggling. I feel like a two-year-old that hasn't had his nap. That was so awesome. I still love, I speak English good, perfect. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I have the power to cut that out, and I'm not going to. Good, because I would forever just rip you a new one. I, s- I speak good, okay. <laughs> I speak <in> English. <laughs> a real good like. 
Anyway, so yeah, so we're going to talk today about uh, addition by subtraction in terms we're gonna of we're going to do some math, trimming your life of the fat, so to speak, taking all the shit that you do, figuring out what's essential, and cutting some of it out, and feeling more fulfilled, more energetic, mm. more. It's a not even more essential good. necessarily. Well, I guess you can determine what's essential. More good. God. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying stupid shit. <laughs> not only what's more good, but not only what's essential, but I think even the stuff you don't want to do. Like, yeah. just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that too. Yeah. So, I mean, I wrote some notes. I know you didn't. So yeah, I did. It. I did too. They're right here. Yeah, you have a complete <laughs> blank notebook. But I guess oh, where, where actually, am I? I did write something down. Oh, you're going to call me something? Oh, he's drawn a hand. With six fingers. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which finger is the middle finger there? <laughs> oh, we can't work today. Yeah. So we're going to have fun with this, but we're also going to hopefully give you guys some things that you can take away. So where my mind goes when I talk about addition by subtraction is... I've talked about the book before, Essentialism, by Greg McKeown. Let's just hope you're better with math than you are with English. What do you mean? Addition by subtraction. (laughs) So, Essentialism, and I'm going to read this. This is not me. Let's see if I can read better than I speak right now. Essentialism is the view that every entity has a set of attributes that are necessary to its identity and function. I'm I'm confused. In plain English, (laughs) Essentialism is the art slash science of figuring out what you need and what you don't so if you wanted a simple concept for this so gp Mm -hmm. or jeep was general purpose vehicle and then it became a jeep just enough engine parts is essentially what jeep stands for (laughs) and they they started off as military vehicles right Uh, and i've never heard that yeah so the reason it's just enough engine parts is when you look at those basic military vehicles, yeah, little flat fenders. Yeah. You can dis, you can take them apart, put them together in a couple hours. Yeah, to get them on a plane, yep. throw them, yeah. throw throw all the pieces in a friggin' box, get them where they need to be, unpack them, put them together. Just enough engine parts. There's very little that can go wrong with the original Jeeps. Now they break all the time. <laughs> Chrysler Dodge Jeep sucks, in my opinion. But there you go. They look cool. But yeah. It was Ford F-150 and Jeep Grand Cherokee, two of the most driven vehicles by millionaires. Really? The mm-hmm. Grand Cherokee? Mm-hmm. The Jeep Grand Cherokee, the new model. Yeah, that's surprising because they break a lot. That used to be the case in like 2000s, like 90s and 2000s, early 2000s, but I guess they've gotten better. Hmm. Cool. So. But yeah, so there's the concept. Once Daimler Chrysler sold them, no yeah. longer owned by Benz or whatever. <laughs> So there is the concept of essentialism. And I've kind of broken it down into different categories, so to speak. Well, yeah, so keep go on. going. What no, you got? I was just going to say, so the idea of essentialism is, essentialism is kind of interesting because it seems to be a fluid thing too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like what's essential one day isn't essential the next. So yeah. t- the idea of just determining what's essential and then and then saying, well, this is how I'm going to operate for the next year, two, three, four, five, ten years, right? It doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. So it's like the whole topic is framed around what is essential and trimming the fat, but that's actually a process that needs to be done on a systematic basis too. Mm-hmm. And, and going the opposite way, just because it's not essential today doesn't mean that it won't be essential tomorrow. No, exactly. So everything has a, 
procedure right mm -hmm. and a lot of times we try and start things in the middle or near the end instead of starting at the start you know and I'm well always sometimes that means you know going backwards right exactly. you gotta subtract to add yeah so i want to start in the work realm mm -hmm. you and i have been blessed the way a lot of people are not blessed and that we essentially make our own schedule We've i thought you were going to talk about something else <laughs> i'm not blessed in that department <laughs> <laughs> bang average i'm sorry to admit <laughs> seriously i'm full of shit today uh, it's gonna be yeah. goofy. in the work department you and i mm -hmm, essentially mm -hmm. make our own schedule mm -hmm. if we don't want to do something we don't do it mm -hmm. we have things that we should and probably do do on a weekly daily monthly basis you know conference calls and webinars and coffee dates but i mean this podcast exists and we probably waste more time doing the podcast but get more out of it exists because we were part of a networking group and you and i got into it to where it's like well let's just hold each other accountable because this group isn't really doing for us what we need it to do i started it you were kind of the right hand man and it just became a social thing as opposed to something that we were getting anything from yeah so the podcast exists because we said that's non-essential let's cut that out but how do we hold each other accountable and throughout our working life i think you and i are very we used to go to every event you and i could be seen at all the networking events all of the after hours things all of the chamber events and now i know i'm much more selective and, mm -hmm. and i know you are too it's like yeah. okay i can be there and i can meet this person because i know they're going to be there couldn't tell you the last event i went to well we've also had covid for the last four months <laughs> <laughs> five months true <laughs> so but yeah, I think it's really important for us, not just when you have a, the ability to make your own schedule like Ben and I, mm -hmm. but I want everybody that's listening to this just now, just to think about every conference call you've been on, every memo you've been copied on, every email you've been sent, every email you've replied to to say thanks even, every meeting that you've gone to that you're like, I could have not been there, gotten an email summary and had an hour and a half of my day back. Yeah. You kind of have to, in my opinion, draw a line in the sand and understand that you're not any less important if you're not in the room at a meeting. If somebody can summarize that meeting for you in five minutes mm -hmm. and give you all Here's the, the highlights and such, well, and I'll that's say, a win. Kind of to your point of us controlling our time too, I think what's nice about a position like ours is the reward is clearly defined at the end. Mm -hmm. So you are... You want to be more productive and you want to only do the things that are essential that are going to drive additional revenue and income, right? Whereas those who are maybe a W-2 employee or something or, or a salaried employee or hourly is like, well, if I do more work, I don't necessarily get more pay, right? Not that, that I'm not saying that's people's mindset, but their innate operating level is, well, I'm not going to bust my balls. I'm going to work hard, but I don't need to, I mean, if I want to go do something that might not be as revenue producing, I'll go do mm -hmm. that. Where someone like us is like, well, no, I mean, like if there's a direct correlation between I do this action, which leads to greater revenues, or I do action B, which eh, doesn't really lead to greater revenue. So I'm not going to do that one, right? And you start to learn those actions that are revenue producing that you're going to focus on. Yeah. So I think your motivation also is different depending on how it is that you're compensated or rewarded. And reward doesn't necessarily just mean financial. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it could be pulls on your heartstrings. It does something else for you, makes you feel good about yourself. Oh, yeah. 
And and I agree. I mean, not everybody's in a role like ours where the reward is is clearly defined. But I guess for me, I'm a I'm a sucker for efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you're a leader of people that are hourly paid or you know they're salaried and you're holding these breakout sessions and not getting anybody that's really putting the input in and you're not seeing anything come out of it cut them out and find a different way you have to check with your employees how they want to be engaged what would make you more interested what makes you take responsibility right jocko willink was talking about this on one of the podcasts i listened to this morning where he's uh it was on trade leadership and the host asked him how do you get people to take responsibility and he said i give them responsibility i tell them i trust them I tell them what the plan is. I say, hey, here's here's where we need to get to. Here's what we need to accomplish. Show me how we're going to do this. And then they bring the plan. We might make adjustments. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying in all of this is that take responsibility to utilize your time as much as you can. You know, and that might be that, hey, if you get this task done, now you're sitting at your desk and you have an extra half hour to work on making yourself better, to work on applying for jobs not yeah. like I recommend you apply for jobs while you're still in a job and doing <laughs> at that job I would also but, say though with all of this I'd go back to the very beginning and determine what you want because mm-hmm. I know it's like efficiency for the sake of efficiency isn't really beneficial right and I've been through periods of this where you're just efficient and you're grinding and you're like what for right and it's like if you don't have that why that what for like what the heck am I doing this for then I think you need to align and decide where you want your goals to be too, because there is also uh, a, there's nothing wrong with being content. Mm-hmm. I, my, you've probably heard me say though, it's like to be happily discontent, right? So it's that I want to strive to be better and I want to continue to adapt and grow, but I don't need to be the best at it. We've had this discussion before too, but mm-hmm. I don't need to be to make the most amount of money or I don't need to, I want to, I want to spend my time with my family or with friends out hiking or something versus working 80 hours a week. Right. <laughs> so I'd say it's like, decide what you want your life to look like and then build in those efficiencies to get there as quickly as you can too. Because again, efficiency without a, a goal behind it, I think, or without some type of why is going to just burn you out. Yeah. So- and actually interesting side trail here. Cause that's what we do. And I've been talking with people about this right now, COVID, like time of efficiency, right? It's like people are like, oh my gosh, this Zoom thing, I can get 10 meetings done in the time in the day when I used to be able to only get four meetings done, four in-persons, right? Like I'm just so much more efficient. And then we're talking about, you know, businesses are talking about, hey, we're no longer going to have people back in the office. We're going to have them work from home. We're going to cut overhead. They're going to be more efficient. And it's great in theory. My worry with all of that is that we start losing community, which leads to higher turnover because people have no buy-in to their company anymore because now it's just a paycheck. So they'll go to the next biggest paycheck. So if I think it's going to be interesting to see in the coming years some of these companies that think they're being more efficient and how that actually bites them in the butt later on because they've now lost all sense of community, all loyalty. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to find other ways to increase that loyalty because they've become so efficient that it's actually there's no longer they lose that why they lose that community they lose that whatever it is that the office environment was providing for them and i think folks are feeling that right now absolutely yes i cannot disagree with you for once (laughs) (laughs) well end of the podcast that was good (laughs) 
Yeah, so the next one I've got written down, I probably wrote it down wrong, is relationships. And I am... <laughs> I am like you wrote... What, did you misspell it wrong or what? I wrote friends. Oh. And I think it's more than friends. I think, and again, coming back to efficiency for me, I don't want to waste my time with people I don't want to waste time with or spend time with. And where, where I'm going with this is I have acquaintances for days, as do you. Mm-hmm. We know if we go outside this door and walk, maybe not so much just now because downtown's like a freaking ghost town. <laughs> but on a normal day, you and I can walk from your office or my office to a restaurant or a bar or a coffee shop and run in anywhere from five to 20 people that we know throughout the course of the time we spend together. And sometimes we get recognized, which is kind of fun as well. People, oh, yeah, listen to your podcast. We've told people that that happens, right? So. I think the differentiation between acquaintances and friends, but also taking the time to truly build your circle with people that are essential to you as opposed to people that drag you down. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm huge on this. In fact, I may have mentioned this early on in the journey in the podcast that I'm brutal with my friends if they have a significant other that I don't like. And I, can, I remember having conversations about this with a particular friend. I can absolutely come across as a complete asshole about it, but I'm not going to put myself in situations where I don't want to be there. I don't want to spend time with you and that person together because I see it as toxic. I don't enjoy it. I get nothing from it. And I guess what I'm saying is evaluate the difference between acquaintances and friends and put more time into your friends and less time into your acquaintances. It's not that you you blank them. It's yeah. not that you cut people out. It's just well, that you, you differentiate. I think you also realize, there, there, I remember Lauren and I talking about this, like, I feel like, and I think it's okay to put people in the acquaintance zone too, mm-hmm. right? Because there are those people that you want to spend time with, to your point, that do become your friends. And we were sacrificing time with our friends to try and build up our relationships with these acquaintances when it didn't really matter it's like wait what, what's the point of all this like why are we trying to schedule dinners with these people they don't ever reciprocate what's the, why are we doing this right it's like we're trying to be so efficient with our relationships and mm-hmm. we're scheduling dinners and like almost had it calendared out like we haven't seen these people in a few weeks or haven't scheduled time with them let's get something on. it's like and there's came a point where it's like wait why are we doing this like it makes absolutely no sense and i've noticed those people that we used to reach out to some of them have started to reach out to us which is like, oh, cool. Now it's not just all on us to be the relationship starter. Great. Mm-hmm. You actually do want to be a part of our lives. That's cool. Or they don't. And it's like, great. I'll say hi to you when I see you on the street. Other than that, you know, yeah. you call you want to hang out. Great. But other than that. So this happened to me recently to where a girl wanted to hang out with me. And I said, yeah. And I thought it was just going to be her and I. And I'm sorry. I'm about to leave the house. Yeah, for her. Um <laughs> I'm about to leave the house and this is within 10 minutes of me basically picking her up to go out and eat and she said hey do you mind if x y and z come uh and they're not a fun couple to be around they are they'd find they could cause an argument in an empty house um <laughs> they find drama where there shouldn't be drama and I was just and I was pretty blunt I said no I don't want them to come. <laughs> and she had actually pre-invited them. And she was like, well, what do you want me to tell them? And I was like, exactly what I said. They're not fun to be around and I don't want to be around them. <laughs> and she was like, I can't tell them that. And I was like, well, that's on you. You tell them what you want, but it's them or me. I thought it was just going to be you and I, and 
I'm not adjusting. I don't need that drama. I don't need that, that negativity out? in my life. She found someone to tell him. I didn't ask her what she told him. <laughs> but I don't want to be around him. I'm going to ask. I'm going to write down here. Who was the couple? I'll tell you. I know. That's what I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> That's why I'm writing it down to ask when we're off air. Who but was the I, I couple? I guess not everybody's comfortable doing what I did in that situation. That's because you're an asshole. Well, maybe so. But <laughs> I don't dislike them individually. I just don't want to spend time with them together. Like, straight up, I will not do it. You guys are no fun. You guys bring me down, and you bring the people around you down, and I want to enjoy myself. It's we actually had a fun time. We actually had a friend, uh, friends, now they're friends. They were one of those couples that we kind mm-hmm. of dropped. Yep. When the acquaintance thing, like, fine, you can be an acquaintance, not a friend. And they were kind of that couple. We're like, oh, my God, every time we get together, they're arguing about something. It's funny. Now, they've stopped arguing they're fun to be together as a couple and they reach out and actually hang out. So I don't know if they did a little introspective type of <laughs> thinking or what happened, but like, wait a second, you guys are nicer. You don't fight as much. You're actually proactively reaching out to us. So mm-hmm. sometimes again, to their whole thing, taking that step back to take a step forward, right? That whole concept. Sometimes that, that's a great, I mean, that's great with the relationship, Stephen. Very true. Mm-hmm. All right, you're going to enjoy the next note I've got. Dun, 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 dun. Addition by subtraction in terms of finances. Dun, 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 dun. So, investing. There's a real simple way to look at this. And for me, it's... I, I'm actually, I mean, yeah, I'm interested to know where you actually want to go with this. <laughs> I strive to spend less than I make mm-hmm. on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis on an annual basis and there's obviously a lot of things I take into that what am I investing what am I putting away for retirement what do I have in discretionary spend how much can I waste on Nike so on so forth right (laughs) random trips around the world I think Wisconsin random trips Vegas uh, some people would say frivolous frivolous trips but where I'm going with this is more so when we set goals Mm -hmm. for our life for you know our career for where we want to be in a year, five years, 10 years. And some of us are really good at it. Some of us are not very good at it. And it's a learned skill, right? This is kind of budgeting 101, but often people aren't where they want to be because they spend money on things that they want versus what they need. So if we talk about essential, essentialism, often people have a car payment that's three or $400 a month more than they need. Yep. They could have a perfectly functioning car because they drive it for 10 minutes a day to and from work mm-hmm. and really don't go on massive trips or anything. Yeah. They have a TV in every room in their house. They have all the subscriptions, Netflix, Hulu, Prime. Yep. You know, they've got best phones. They've got, if you really sat down and budgeted with them, about a quarter of what they're spending money on on a monthly basis is essential. And even if you built in a little slush fund, and you said, okay, you can spend 50% of what you're spending now, they'd still have a very good life mm-hmm. and have enough money to achieve their goals and get to where they want to be. Well, this is like, so this is what we tell people all the time in finance, right? It's like, why? Well, it's about trade-offs. This is all about trade-offs. And let's just take debt out of it, assuming that people are like, they consistently live above their means and use credit cards. So let's assume that's not a thing. You can retire when you're 50. You can retire when you're 70, right? It's like, you can save more now. You can save spend more later how do you want to play this and 
a lot of the time when I'm going through with people, right, they're like, well, I don't have the extra money to be able to save above and beyond to get to 15% of my income, right? I can only save 5% right now. I'm like, that's fine. That's a trade-off. Then you're going to have to work till you're 70, 75 years old to be able to get to where you need to be to actually, well, I don't want to do that. Well, then we're probably going to have to not, you know, go to Hawaii or twice a year and drive the Cadillac Escalade. Maybe we'll go once a year and we'll get a Yukon instead, right? And that'll give you, you know, an extra... 10,000 on an annualized basis that you can save into an account so you can retire when you're 60, right? Yeah. So no, totally agree. That's, and again, though, it goes back to that earlier point of let's determine what it is that's important to you and why you want to, why you want to live whatever way you want to live. I don't know. Whatever motivates you. Yeah. Well, do you remember when we interviewed Mark Smith Mm -hmm. and he, he said this in relation to me, which I was really actually touched by. But he said, someone taught me when I was young, the old story where if I offer you a candy bar now, a piece of candy now, and you can have this now, but if you can leave that candy on the table for a day, you can have two pieces of candy. That's that marshmallow test, remember? The marshmallow test, yeah. So he talked about that. And we live in a culture now where it's a right now on-demand culture. You want to watch a movie, you press a few buttons and it's there. You don't have to go to Blockbuster. Give me the marshmallow and then give me yours tomorrow. And what's happened is that's transferred into all aspects of life. So I believe when you and I were growing up, my parents were far from wealthy. They're, They're fairly wealthy now. They're going to be just fine in retirement. But I believe growing up, my parents had to put things off. My mum mm-hmm. had to save up to get new windows or a new appliance. You know, it's like, well, we'll do without this and we'll do without that this week. And we're going to eat the value brand versus getting the best of the best, you know. You know, rice and beans one night and beans and rice the next night. That's a, <laughs> the Dave Ramsey thing, right? It's two different yeah. meals, the same meal, right? So, uh, but I think what we've lost is we've lost the ability to put off things for the short term. Yep. And mm-hmm. say, hey, we're going totally. to be inconvenienced in the short term. But in the long term, we're going to be here. that's the definition of success, right? And that's what people aren't willing to do anymore. And this is, I tell every young guy wanting to get into finance, guy, girl, whatever, I'm using it as an honest term, is if you were willing to sacrifice a little bit right now, and I'm using my hands here, like just a little bit, if you can sacrifice a couple years up front of making less money and very emotional and trying (laughs) like three to five years, Mm -hmm. you're going to make more money and have more freedom with your time than any of your friends. You're going to make less in the first five years. That's just how it's going to work out. And you got to sacrifice a little bit here. But most people aren't willing to sacrifice. It no. hurts too much. People don't want to sacrifice. It's like, well, I don't want to hurt. It's bad to hurt. And we go back to that uh, discussion on stress, right? Stress becomes a muscle. So the more you stress, the more hurt you feel, the more uh, your ability to kind of adapt and work through those things is going to benefit you. Discomfort, lacking stuff, um, not having enough, so to speak builds character mm-hmm. you know when 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 i was growing up and sorry my, my uh sorry for the noise as ben keeps my moving his microphone um <laughs> pop filters suck you broke it good oh uh, there we go. go yeah so when i was growing up we my mum always used to tell us i'll treat every one of you fairly that doesn't mean i treat you the same mm-hmm. right so if i was in sport and i had a big trip coming up they found a way to fund it. If one of my brothers wanted to do something that was just nothing to do with education, sport, or anything like that, but hey, I need 50 bucks to go and do this, it's like, well, that's not in our budget. You know, that's not holistically 
it's not like he gets $50, you get $50. It's like he got $50 to go and play in a basketball tournament and do the things over there. You're not getting $50 to go and waste at the fair type yeah. thing, you know? So it's kind of like that's what Well, and I think we of. see that in, like, so we, my family talks about that. So I went to Gonzaga and my parents paid for my education for the most part. And so they paid for it. My brother went to community college and got an AA, you know, Associate of Arts. Obviously, a kind of a big cost difference between those two schools but they helped him and i'm probably still quote unquote ahead in terms of their spend on me just because gonzaga is expensive but i mean they've helped him with travel they've helped him with house dump like they have they've helped him in other ways right Mm -hmm. to maybe fair i like that idea though the your parents idea is is a kind of a cool way of doing it because everybody has different giftings too right We'll write this down because I'd like to do it as a topic sometime. I do want to talk about equality, but this kind of opens up a whole can of worms to where people see equality as equal outcome. Equal outcome isn't fair because your work ethic and my work ethic isn't the same. The amount of sweat and tears you're going to put into someone and the amount of sweat and tears I'm going to put into someone isn't the same. So what we do in today's society is we look at equality as equality of outcome so we're both born on the same day but in 18 years time we can both be in very different places now there's millions of decisions that go into that but to say that i'm where i am because of quote unquote privilege or anything other than what i've done to that point and the decisions that i've made is is very it's first of all it's very uh, presumptive mm-hmm. and i think that equality is lost on a lot of people because they look at it from a, so an here's the, standpoint I probably, of an input standpoint. I've probably told you my analogy for this, basically. and It's like, it's like everybody has a toolbox, right? Mm-hmm. And inside your toolbox, everybody has different tools. Some of us just have a tiny little toolbox, and some of us are backing up the freaking semi-truck of toolbox. Some of us have a tiny little wrench, and some of us have a big old pipe wrench. Right, but no, and but you still have to take the tools out of the toolbox, and you still have to use them. Just having tools in your garage that you don't know how to use, and you, if you never use them, you don't twist the hammer. You don't know how to twist the hammer, good lord, twist the wrench or hit the hammer. It's like it doesn't work, right? It doesn't happen unless you actually still take action. So to your point, yeah, we might have to put in different levels of in uh, of uh, work, or maybe we don't to get to the same result. But it still has to put in work. Like you still have to work. What are you laughing and smiling about and looking at your phone? Steven just distracted me. He's like, stops, smiles, looks at me, grabs his phone and looks at it. Now I don't know what just happened because he's leaning back and laughing. I'll tell you off air. Oh, God. <laughs> Who was the couple? Number one. Number two, why <laughs> laughing? I just don't want to get anybody in trouble. From text. Give me, a, no, hint. Give me a hint. I agree. I agree about the tools. Um and every was that tool, a penis joke again, Every too? toolbox needs a hammer. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, oh, jeez. Yeah, so the place I would go with this next, and this doesn't need to be a super long podcast. We're about 30 minutes in. Sorry, guys. We might be short today. We're but tired. <laughs> here's an interesting concept. We talk about less being more, right? Addition by subtraction. But oh. the input and i just talked about this equality of outcome isn't how things should be judged it should be equality of input right so let's say you exercise 
for an hour a day and I exercise for an hour a day. But when I exercise, I keep my heart rate at 155 beats per minute for an hour and you keep yours at 93 beats per minute. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lower intensity, right? Just which, remember, I've been to the gym with you. Which one of us do you think gets better results overall? Same time frame? Yeah, the 155. Yeah. 155. Now, th- th- this also plays in the specificity. If you're building strength and you're doing three reps and I'm trying to lose weight and I'm doing 12 to 15 reps, we might get good results for both of our desired goals. Correct. So the input, even though it's different, has an output, has an equality outcome, right? So what well, I wouldn't even say those is, outcomes are equal. But what, what I'm saying to this is that sometimes the less isn't that you do something less sometimes it's that you dial back on time you dial back on you you put more into the intensity and the focus of what the specifics within yeah as opposed to just saying well i'm going to exercise for an hour a day because if you walk for an hour a day yeah it's different than going out and running it's different than running for an hour now if you walk a mile or run a mile you burn the same amount of calories the difference is that when you put the time frame in there, you're going to do more miles by running an hour versus walking an hour. Yeah. So so here's the other part to that, because I like this, is so for someone like me, it's like, well, I don't want to run an hour. I'd rather walk for an hour. And it, the walking for an hour is actually going to also give me something other than what the running for an hour is going to give me, and it's going to give me the time to have mental clarity, right? Yep. So it's like, think about how sometimes you can stack some of these things up, too, that... that it, efficiency doesn't mean doing it quicker, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, efficiency can mean you're putting other things together during the same time frame that give you maybe more results at the end versus more of one thing. Yeah. So one of the things I learned early on in my fitness slash sports slash just being a jock career <laughs> as a kid was that there's three things that you can adjust for different results. There is frequency, intensity, and specificity. If I was to quantify that in terms of what we're doing is you might take away some of the frequency. So you might not go to the gyms like me six days a week, but you go three days a week, but you still hit all the same muscle groups I do mm-hmm. once a week, right? So if I go six days a week and focus on six different muscle groups, yep. so let's say Monday's chest. Well, you talk a lot at the gym too, so Tuesday. I mean it. Tuesday's back, <laughs> Wednesday's biceps and triceps, Thursday's shoulders, five's legs, Saturday's abs, right? There's six different things. If you go six days a week and do one, you may get the same results as I get yep. if you just do chest and triceps, back and biceps, shoulders and legs, and then you mix in abs somewhere in between, right? Mm-hmm. So now you've got a three-day split versus a six-day split, but you're doing all the same exercises. You're just doing it more intensely, yeah. less of a frequency. Yeah. So frequency, intensity, and specificity is so important. And I would take that fitness concept and apply it in life, relationships, work, fun, everything. Well, the more fun, I think the better. Yeah. I would say, but I, I, I don't want to say like... But, be efficient in the things I think you want to be efficient in, though, is what I would say, too. Because sometimes I think I, I do, because just because I've gone through before, it's like you become so efficient that you start to burn out, right? 
It's like, and you, you, you don't want to do that either. So I think it's a balancing act. It's like be efficient with the things that you need to be efficient in and the things that sometimes give you joy that you don't need to be as efficient in. Don't be as efficient. Just enjoy it. You don't have to be efficient in every area of your life. And I think some people become addicted to the drug of efficiency and then it bites them in the ass later on when all of their relationships are falling apart and they no longer have anything except for an efficient career or an efficient relationship that is meaningless now. Mm -hmm. So sometimes... The most efficient thing you can do is not be the stereotypical efficient. Like the thing that would bring the most value is not always efficiency, I guess, is probably the way to put it. Do you know, that leads me into a different thought that I never even thought I would discuss today. Like it just jumped into my head. Mm -hmm. So think about how you structure your day at work. Mm -hmm. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? Meeting with people. Meeting with people. Hearing their stories, chatting. How often do you do that first thing Mm -hmm. in the morning? Oh, that's hardly never because nobody wants to meet me first thing in the morning. Okay. What do you hate the most about what you but do? But I also don't want to meet them first thing in the yeah, morning. Yeah, but what do you hate the most about what you do? Oh, that's a good question. What do you dislike? Like the mundane stuff that you have It's to not, do. I mean, it's not mundane, but I mean, I'll be honest. I don't enjoy the dry spells that we can go through, right? I don't enjoy the stress of where is the next client coming from. Okay. You didn't really go where... didn't quite go where you wanted me to go i'm gonna show ben a picture and you guys have to hear his reaction i'll tell you what it is afterwards (laughs) it's got a mask on that's nice thanks for that why did you send is that what came through in your text message stream no that's a different one that just came through so i just showed ben i'm going to share with you i'm sure everybody's seen him the big naked black man that's sitting on the edge of something and yeah he's everywhere I just got another I can't remember his name, but he's actually passed away. Yeah. He's got a... we got a lot of penis talk going on in this we, one. We That's... have some sick friends. Anyway, so you didn't really go where I was trying to lead you with that. <laughs> what I was trying to do How efficient was, was that? For me, I refuse to do email. Uh, okay. First thing, because it bogs me down, right? Mm-hmm. So the first two hours of my day when I start working are doing the minutiae bullshit that I cannot stand. I'm us- I usually set the, the fun parts of my work up for later in the day, on the golf course, yeah. over lunch, coffees. That's the things that I love. Now, that's income-producing activity for me. What I don't like is the, pa- the f- when I have to do paper forms because it's not quite uploaded in the system yet yeah no i'm with you so and then the in between is i leave an hour in the morning an hour in the afternoon to do emails yeah because i hate emails too but i know it's a necessary evil so what i'm saying is that build and reward yourself when you're planning out days when you're planning out activities get the nasty stuff out the way early that's why a lot of people work out in the morning i work out in the morning because i'm a morning person but some people get it out the way early because they know if they leave it till the end of the day, the motivation or the, the drive or even the the interest in going is gone, right? Their get up and go got up and went at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Plan things to where you're rewarding yourself with the things that you enjoy good. doing yeah. at specific times when you need to pick me up. People talk about the 2.30 or the 3 o'clock crash. Imagine if at 2.30 or 3 o'clock every day you had a dance party in the office. Well, I think to right. my earlier point, right, is be efficient in the things that you maybe don't enjoy too because it'll help them go along quicker. Yeah. And then have your dance party. Be efficient. 
with the stuff that is mundane, but have fun and just roll with mm-hmm. the things that are fun. I'm with you on the paperwork side and some of that stuff. Like what I don't enjoy is when somebody has some little trivial type thing that they need you to track down or do some non-revenue producing thing mm-hmm. that takes a bunch of time. You're like, God, I'm going to waste two hours doing this stupid task. It's not going to make anybody any money. Yeah. And it's not even going to be beneficial to the client. Like it was some dumb thing that we mm. have to do. Great. Case in point. Now we're moving towards a, like a nice self-serve platform that I won't have to do this anymore. Counting the minutes. This morning I had two customers switch banks because one bank could help them with PPP and one bank couldn't. So now mm-hmm. they're moving their whole relationship to the new bank, right? Top it a few times. So they contact me with what we call a DDA, a deposit, a direct deposit account change. I have to get a paper form, fill it out manually, get their signature on it, picture of avoided check, email it. It's so manual compared to, you've seen how I sign people up. Yeah. It's, it's I'm like, surprised that they have to do it so, all on paper. Yeah, well, like I said, we're transitioning that. So, but 95% of what I do is fully automated in my system. I can send links and people can do it on their own phones, their own computers, just this direct deposit. Because we're also dealing with money, where's where are the funds being deposited and such. So anyway, I had two of those today and I was so not motivated to do it, even though that was my time this morning that I was supposed to do it. I'd procrastinated for 30 minutes and then... <laughs> I did it. You know, the other part that I've noticed is with the things that I don't want to do. If I read an email and it doesn't have something in there that like it was the desired response or the desired outcome of the email that I wanted or somebody asked for something, I like read it and then I forget that I even read it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I've caught myself doing that in the last year a couple times. And I'm like, oh man, I got to flag that email again because I'm going to forget to do that. And I actually yeah. need to do it. I just don't want to. Yeah, I mark those emails as unread. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do too. Yeah, yeah just or mark it as unread. Flag it, mark it as unread. So I'm yep. just like, I got to go back to this. Darn it. Or so, I forward it on to somebody else and say, can you do <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is not something that is going to be revenue producing. It's going to take a little bit of when you have some spare time, please yeah. do this. I didn't really touch on this. We did. I mean, you talked about friends. But I would encourage everybody to kind of take an audit, especially over the last few months, Mm -hmm. of who's reached out to you, who's made an effort to stay in your life. You know, and that's that's probably a good indicator of acquaintances versus friends. It doesn't mean you don't care about them. doesn't mean that you guys can't be, quote, unquote, fun and close with each other. It's just I know who my tribe is. I think you know who your tribe is. Mm-hmm. And that's probably my biggest takeaway from this addition by subtraction. I feel Sometimes like we should sing the country song. You find out who your friends are. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> going to drop everything. Sometimes you just need to have less people in your life, but have more quality people totally. in your life. Yeah. More. So that's, mm-hmm. again, it's the frequency and the intensity, right? It's like, yeah, I see that person once a month now instead of three times a week. But I'm also seeing Ben more often now, and he fills my cup. He's fun. And we're obviously not talking about our Ben. Um, <laughs> Dick. So yeah, I just I think if anything is if if you get one thing from this podcast, this this uh, addition by subtraction, it's that look be at efficient your with your friends your, in your tribe and your circle, and yeah, be efficient with the ones that you want to spend time with. And you know, well, that's the most important, really. At the end of the day, if relationships are suffering, 
be it you know marital or platonic yeah. everything else kind of goes downhill I mean work doesn't really go well it's like you don't really enjoy your beer out with your other friends when if your wife is mad at you <laughs> or something I mean it, it kind of ruins everything else so you want to make sure I'd say that yeah be efficient with your relationships and have strong good relationships but not efficient in the fact that it's like you're just oh our relationship is streamlined right because you don't want to put stuff on autopilot can I ask you a question you can ask. It has nothing to do with this topic. Oh, okay, because I'm falling asleep, so. Where are you at from a mental health standpoint now that we're five months into COVID? And now that I have a yeah. eight-day-year-old, you're going to ask let's, me? Let's do a little mental health check. Where are you at? Um, I'd say I'm... Depends on the week, if I'm being honest, right? Like, there's some weeks where I'm like, this sucks. This week, I'm doing pretty good. Like, it's been... Good week, even with a newborn and a two-year-old at home right now, you know, being tested. It's like, I'm doing pretty good. It, uh, in my mental health, uh, ebbs and flows in the good, the bad, doesn't really matter. Like, I just flow. I'm a pretty emotional person, I think, as we all probably have figured out at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's certainly times where you could tie my work and how that's going with my mental state <laughs> Yeah. And, and and the longer that a, that a hard uh, kind of work environment drudges on, the more my mental state declines. So uh, when and it's, it has been slow the last couple of months, so it ebbs and flows right now. But I would say I'm on the low end of good to fair. Okay, good. I gave myself a mental health check by accident over the weekend. Oops, sorry. I'm not going to name names. There's one business owner in town who I think is a Charlie Uniform November Tango. I have chosen... <laughs> Charlie Uniform November Tango. <laughs> yep. I have chosen not to work with him. Did you let him go? I've helped him multiple times, but I will not work with him on a full-time basis. And he likes to complain about all the businesses around him, <laughs> which are completely different industries to him. And I called him out on the Facebook for it. Does this guy him. live downtown? Yeah. Okay. You know who I Yeah, mean. I know who he Um... I shouldn't have stuck my head above the parapet, but I did. On social media? I did. On <laughs> Facebook. I'll show you the whole thread if you want to look. Oh, third um, point? Social media. So I called him out. I, I, and the funny thing is I've had 20 to 25 people offline thank me. And I'm not even talking about the business owners. I'm talking about people saying, thanks, he needs to be... Put in his place. This, this can't be... So I essentially said... It's unbecoming of a local business owner to constantly and consistently throw other local business owners under the bus. Yeah. Yes, there was an outbreak of COVID tied to one of the locations, but you know as well as I do that that was very targeted both by the media and just in general, i.e. Could those, have as easily those, happened those to you. Those people didn't just go to that one location, just so happens that we're all there. And I said, I can personally vouch for the staff at all of those locations because they're customers of mine. I've been offering additional assistance to give them touch-free payment options. I've been in there socializing with masks, by the way. I wear a mask wherever I'm asked to wear a mask. (laughs) And those people that you are bashing on are going over and above the protocols that are required by this governor. And basically, it's not appreciated. 
I had some people tell me I was a basically call me a capitalist pig. <laughs> oh, you do their you do their credit card process, and you're not motivated to lie. I had people tell me that I was a piece of shit and to stay in my lane. Like the people <laughs> on, on, and I'm talking people to stay that, in your people, lane. People what does that who mean? Have never met me telling me that I'm a piece of shit, despite the fact that this guy is literally trying to get local businesses put out of business. Oh, good Lord. Offline, like I said, I got way more support. People saying, hey, thanks for that. He needs to hear that. That's not okay. But like I said, I thought I would get upset by that. So my mental health check was, it almost made me giggle that those people can't take a step back and... In their, uh, in their argument for tolerance and you all hate everybody. If you don't wear a mask 24-7, you're an evil. <laughs> and it's like, no, I think there's a healthy way to question authority and question statistics, but still follow the rules like you and I do, right? Yeah. Like, I think that there's... That it's good to question the government. It's I can't wait to, to read this. Decisions. Oh, it's fun. But long story short, my mental health is, I think, in better shape than it's ever been, mostly because I've made peace with the fact that can't control it yeah so why the hell am i going to worry about it well and you know what and so when i'm in a good spot <clears throat> is usually when i remind myself of that mm-hmm. it's like no it's like i can't control when clients decide to come on or if something happens there's every once in a while where you drop the ball and everybody does it and you got to give yourself a little grace to get through that mm-hmm. but yeah you can't control other people so you just you know play the cards you're dealt and keep playing the game mm-hmm. yeah so, all right cool i like I it appreciate that well, well everybody you go thanks for listening to ordinary extraordinary like us review us share us rate us D- did i not say that one yet I didn't. no <laughs> steven says that you don't have to give us five stars but i think you need to give us five stars please go and do that and share it share it share it share it share it oh did yeah. i say share it we appreciate you guys we really do and until the next time be good to yourselves and to each, each other. other each other be good to each other you're going to say boom or Bo- what boom <laughs>